This week on Back of the Bird, we chat about the TSN Game of the Week schedule release, the NLL's new partnership with the OJLL, the new director of officiating, and we've got a great interview with Westberg. So without further ado, let's jump in to Back of the Bird. Like a thief in the night, you moved, broke me all apart. There was no sign of you but the holes in my cold heart And I gave my world to you and you dragged me through the dark Like a thief in the night you played your part I want to give a major shout out to a friend of the program and former professional hockey player Boston Levi for the intro music. We changed it up. That is Thief by Boston Levi from his ep prophecies without further ado let's jump into back of the bird all right we're back episode 26 back of the bird presented by cottage springs Polly, what's going on how are you buddy i'm doing well thank you sir how are you doing good man i'm good just just living long week but we've uh we've made it to the end we're a little bit, we're gonna be a little bit delayed in this episode release but that's okay Hopefully, give maybe give guys something to listen to on the way into training camp this weekend. Yeah, it's all Donnie's fault, so we'll blame it on Donnie. We Which, were... yeah, almost always is anyway. So, yeah. what's uh, what'd you get up to last weekend? Oh, just we're we're in the cross. Well, I, a little lacrosse, but then uh, a little fiftieth birthday party after. Um, so yeah, we had lacrosse all all day Saturday, double back to back. Um, so just took it easy Friday, then in early uh into brampton saturday morning for two hours and little lunch and then back at it for uh kind of like an evening session for two hours and uh then a big 50th birthday party we had the uh had the cottage spring kegs going i fi- i finally found some so they're actually awesome dude they're wicked what uh, was... and they're only blood orange right yeah and it, the blood orange is, is good it's, I haven't had that one yet because it's like, I guess it's kind of part of that weekender, like winter weekender or it's a new flavor, but yeah, it's good. So it was a big hit. Um, yeah, so it's like classic. So he's got, he's got like a young son, I guess it's like not young, but he's like 17, 18 now. So then all his buddies came. Yeah. So I was just trying to be the, the cool guy. So I was like, bring down a uh a cottage springs for them like the keg and they're drinking it and then we went back upstairs and they all like they all take off and i'm like oh, i'm thirsty go down there like get a get a cup of uh, cottage springs yeah they just like hijacked the keg just took it with them to a push party like, no way yeah, that's so amazing unreal move by the by the young lads but yeah. no it was, it's a fun time nice how about you like, bud yeah it was good we we're a lot of lacrosse. We had a uh, we had an interesting schedule. A little nine nine thirty to eleven thirty Friday night practice in Six Nations to uh to a quick turnaround nine to eleven a.m. practice back in Six Nations Saturday morning. So it was a uh, quick turnaround for the boys, but they they battled through it. I'm sure there was some some sore bodies out there, but yeah. then uh, it was good, man. Saturday night got to see the boys play. So they played yeah. uh, played Albany and. Albany, Albany, whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was just good to watch again, man. It was, uh, it was a pretty good game too, which was, uh, which was nice. So I think we ended, yeah, we ended up sneaking, sneaking out a win too. So nice. first one in the win column for the Riptide, but. Was uh, the first exhibition game for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. And then we got nice. another one uh, 
another one this week. I think we got Georgia this weekend. Um, so yeah, well, all good. And then we ended up uh, sticking around Brantford Saturday night. Lovely city. Just tons to do. Yeah. So we went to a social sociable with a bunch of the boys and just had, okay. had a big long dinner. <laughs> ended up uh shout out Kieran McCardle just getting smoked by credit card roulette. Oh, so, love to hear that. What yeah. was what was, was the damage? I'm pretty Good sure one. I'm pretty sure it was north of five. So ah, I love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So I think uh, if anybody's looking for private shooting lessons in the Long Island area, uh, Kieran McCardle is going to be running extra sessions. Yeah. To, uh... <laughs> He's had it. He's had his sessions Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> now. This is the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was an all in good fun. But then, yeah, just uh, Sunday, big time, big time, sit around, watch some uh, watch some football and then uh, Yellowstone Sunday night. So it was uh, yeah, it was quite the weekend. I enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't love the last episode of Yellowstone. It's hard. After, to, it was hard to follow the absolute <laughs> mayhem that was episode yeah. one. Yeah, even the second one was like a bit of a bit of a snoozer. But yeah, that that first episode again, like my palms were sweaty, feet were sweaty. I was having an anxiety attack just watching it. But yeah. it was awesome. It's hilarious yeah. that like, I mean, they just took. I, I guess actually, probably shouldn't spoil it for people. It's pretty early, but um, yeah. Anyways, great show. Yeah. So we uh, we only have a few topics today. Great interview we got coming up with you with uh, for you with uh, Westberg. He uh, just an absolute all around beauty. And just we got into some funny stories there, too. So you're going to want to stick around for that one. But um, we've also got some NLL news across the board, quite a few different things. So the NLL announced their TSN game of the week. And yeah, the schedule for the uh, the game of the week, and as as to be expected, a lot of Canadian teams on there to try and get the Canadian fans engaged. Hysterically enough, not one Riptide game, but <laughs> yeah. we're looking at big picture here. It's for the league. It's not uh, not specifically for us. So um, who knows? Maybe we'll be uh, maybe we'll be on ESPN a lot. But it, it looks good. I think it's I think it's going to be awesome, man. It's uh, again, it's one of those things that's starting to make it make it real. Yeah, for sure. So it's uh, quickly 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 21 games that you're going to get to see on primetime TSN, which is huge. And then obviously all the other ones you can see on like the uh, streaming platforms. But yeah, man, like again, kind of kind of sucks for you guys, but uh, we make it in there for one. Yeah, just one. Roger sneaks in for one. But yeah, I mean, obviously Canadian heavy and we kind of knew that going in. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's going to be uh, again, it's crazy. Like some of this conversation, I mean, kind of touch on it with Berg, like the season's two weeks away. It seems like it's still two years away, but it's like around the corner, which is just mental now, like after this long break. But uh, super exciting. So, yeah. So hopefully we kind of, I would assume you know, maybe we get that ESPN schedule coming up in like the next two weeks, kind of just like league just kind of keeps hammering the old positive news, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's exciting, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. Moving in the right direction. And then, I mean, on this game kind of announcement note, the NLL, I think this would have been maybe about a week ago. They announced um, a part the partnership with the OJLL, which again, yeah. we talked to, uh, we talked to Grimesy on, uh, 
on the podcast a while ago and he kind of mentioned that gave us a little bit of breaking news early so we knew but uh you know we didn't want to spoil the announcement or anything so um what it looks like is is kind of you know game development which i would assume would be kind of chatting about rules adding maybe adding in all rules to junior um coach development and then officiating development on the same note Old Donnie Koholkarski is now the, uh, I think, what is it, the chief chief official for the NLL? Yeah, director of officiating or something like that. Basically, it sounds like, uh, and I had, I got I had a nice conversation with him over uh, over the uh, Junior A tournament there. But yeah, it looks like he's going to kind of oversee officiating. And again, he's he actually has like a lacrosse background, which he grew up playing and stuff. So it's not like kind of just one of these like PR moves, like he actually knows the game, but Obviously, a guy's got like it was like thirty plus years in the show being a head ref. He's just gonna obviously impart his wisdom on it, and uh, it was great. Yeah the uh, the amount of videos just <laughs> oh I mean everyone just yeah the the pig video comes right out, which is just hilarious. Like yeah. everyone's like, hey, what a great move! Then just internet gets flooded with uh, with the pig videos, which is it's just hilarious. But... Yeah. Yeah, that's classic, uh, classic lacrosse Twitter. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. We just got to You got to You got to find that positivity. I mean, I, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously we're drenched in in Riptide Twitter and whatnot, or I am at least. And yeah, you're getting you're dabbing up the boys, getting the love, keen guy. Damn, yeah, but it's. It. I mean, as soon as we they announce a TSN schedule, it's like, oh, we find we find some negative in it, and it's like, come yeah. on now, let's flip yeah. this around. Yeah, but. Yeah, there was uh yeah, that was that was a big pump tire pump for me there. Just I just ran in for the video and just gave two guys yeah. his pumps. I wasn't yeah. actually doing it for everybody, but didn't even know those guys' names. Just like yeah. hey, just dab me up, boys. <laughs> hey buddy, good game. <laughs> I didn't even I'm not even on your team, man. What do you yeah. want? <laughs> um so I was I was thinking, um uh it totally like slipped my mind, but uh uh a buddy told me about it. So we were talking about last podcast, obviously like uh, the Gillies brothers and Gill Dog being, you know, the the midnight racer king. And uh, I totally forgot, man. I was part of this epic Christmas race. It would have been is like probably two years ago now. Having uh, so first the new the new men's league we sponsor the the Hawks of the uh, Wave Hockey League. Yep. My buddy just got his jibs just crushed last night. So we're putting a reel up for that, which is amazing. Finish the game too. Absolute maniac. Oh my <laughs> just, God. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I saw you. I saw that video. I just assumed his teeth always look like that. That No, that was, night. yeah, that was legit from Thursday night. We were recording Thursday night. And yeah, he yeah. just lost his jibs and went back to the bench. We found one of the crowd. They were all fake. Oh, okay. So anyways. We usually have a Christmas party, like a men's league Christmas party. The wives come, blah, blah, blah. So this one Christmas party, and everyone's got the ugly sweaters on. And uh, this one guy on our team's wife uh, played D1 soccer down in Louisiana or Mississippi, something like that. Anyways, one guy on our team, he's just just chirps all the time. It doesn't matter who he's chirping everyone. So somehow him and my buddy's wife get into this chirping match about who would win in a race so obviously i just start sparking it up i'm like let's go we're going outside so they both agree to it 
so we're on we're on the street it's again kind of midnight everyone's outside it's like looks like a scene out of fast and the furious like everyone's there <laughs> and i'm the uh i'm the race aficionado so i'm explaining the rules and uh anyways they're ready ready set go and they're both off the races they're going going my buddy gets the old fucking speed wobble into no. the back into the back of a car dude <laughs> so he gets smoked by my buddy's wife which is amazing he comes back literally road rash on the face ate the car bumper there's a everyone's dying oh my god that's fast, fast forward like whatever call it nine months she was pregnant at the time too so not only did he get work, she got worked by uh, a pregnant. So it was just amazing. So I got, we actually have the video. So I'll try and uh, try and fire that up and bring it onto the social media. Cause it's, it's pretty funny, man. Like everyone's in like a Santa suit essentially. And again, you don't, you, the only thing that sucks is you can't really see him like bail, but you see everyone's reaction. It's uh, it was amazing. Raiden so just eats a bumper. That's amazing. Oh yeah. The quick speed wobble and then it was like everyone's like whoa whoa oh and then he's just dead and it was amazing Dude, it's, it's so it's i don't know if i've ever seen a race like a drunk race not end in someone falling well exactly well it's like it's a classic that like you know unless you know everyone thinks they're an athlete but how many people are legit that stop playing sports you know maybe still work out are legit sprinting like on a regular basis, like just yeah. giving her 110% for a hundred meters, like no one. So it always like, yeah, either it's a quick hammy pull or there goes something else or yeah, or they just get the speed wobble. I mean, it's always good for, for someone going down, which is awesome. But yeah, so that was, that was my running story. I kind of flopped it, not telling it last week, but then I want to steal that. They want to steal Brad's thunder. Yeah. That's uh, I had, I mean, same kind of, I, I, when I was at school, I got, I challenged a girl on the girls across team to a race, same kind of thing. For some reason we decided to race down a hill and I just, yeah, I'm wearing like winter boots. Just, I eat it, jam the wrist, have to like tape my wrist for practice and then like pretend I injured it in practice kind yeah, of thing, exactly. just to shake it off. But, but, uh, that's amazing. Love that he lost to basically two humans, a human carrying a human. Yeah um what uh what else is going on is there anything else before we want to just um no we, i mean uh again like just we're not gonna go through it all i mean there's some good guys on twitter they're kind of following all the cuts and kind of some guys got cut and get re-signed which is a big thing in this in this league but yeah obviously like teams are kind of trimming down the rosters now like we're two weeks away um so yeah you're you're gonna see kind of final rosters i bet almost i know it's not till november 29th or 30th something yeah. like that but you're gonna see i bet almost like full rosters after this weekend like for us essentially we got um exhibition game this weekend exhibition game next weekend so now i assume that's kind of like almost everybody so most people are going to want to have like again just spitballing here most teams i feel are going to want to have their their team for that last exhibition game. Again, maybe give some guys on the practice roster some of that last game, but you're going to want to kind of hit the ground running here. You're not going to want to be guessing going into the first week. So 
you'll probably see some more cuts and probably some tough ones like at that and maybe some re-signs. But yeah, man, it's uh it's getting close here. Yep, we're inching towards it. So bef- why don't we uh why don't we send it over to our pal Bergie then? Sound good yeah. to you? All yeah, right. Buddy. So as always, this interview with Westberg is brought to you by Lucky Penny Media. At Lucky Penny Media, we're a full-service marketing company without hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand is everything to you, and when working together, it means everything to us. You're more than just a client. You're a partner and a teammate. Our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. So here's Westberg. All right. We're pleased to welcome this Coquitlam BC native currently plays for the San Diego seals of the NLL and the chaos lacrosse club in the PLL. He played his junior lacrosse for the Coquitlam Adonax where he won the Minto cup. And in 2011 won the bill Dickinson trophy as the league's top scorer. He would head to, he would then head to Denver where he tallied, tallied roughly a million points and led the team to a 56 and 14 record during his four years, capping it off with a national championship. He graduated with 255 points and the second most NCAA tournament goals in history. He was drafted fourth overall to the Calgary Roughnecks and has since been traded to the San Diego Seals. He won a PLL title and has the record for most teams played on in that same league. Welcome to Back of the Bird, Westberg, buddy. What's going on? Hey, thanks for having me. Big fan of the show. Let's go. About time. We've been, we've been itching to get this one going. The people have been all over us for it. <laughs> oh yeah I, i've been listening so my name comes up once in a while and it's usually uh <laughs> it's usually not about the cross it's about off-field stuff so that's always funny that's the only reason why we got you on here we're actually not going to talk about any other cross stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i figured that's love it so, what's uh what's going on what are you up to right now uh we just just uh shot on moose here getting the boys ready for toronto i'm hoping i can go i'm waiting on my it's like an ead card because i'm getting my green card so you can't actually travel until you have that and i've talked to numerous border agents and they're like well it's in the mail nothing you can do so (laughs) i'm just kind of waiting around for that it's pretty brutal but hopefully it comes uh today or tomorrow and i can go to toronto so the boy you guys making the trip up here for an exhibition game yeah yeah we're uh coming up to play halifax uh nation and practicing and stuff like that so supposed to leave tomorrow but i'm kind of waiting my flight's still friday because just in case my the card comes in tomorrow but who knows it's uh (laughs) in the mail is never a great thing they don't do (laughs) electronic copies with that so i'm like just kind of at their mercy here that's all right i mean take your time let those hammies get nice and loose you don't need to (laughs) we don't need to be pushing the pace too hard in preseason birdie uh, yeah, I was going to say, between you and me, I don't know who has more hammy problems. <laughs> the guitar strings. We, are the, we <laughs> are the guitar brothers. It's absolutely mayhem. But what's uh, all right? Well, why don't I mean, we'll, we might as well start it off from from uh, from the beginning, man. What's um, growing up like? How do you, you, you get an old like your old man play? How'd you get a stick in your hand? What's how's that all go down? Yeah, my my older brother, my old man. So my dad's from Prince George and he grew up playing hockey and uh kind of like men's league lacrosse started to get big there and so he kind of picked it up I mean when you're like a teenager you basically play in the men's league and so he played a, a bit there and then they moved down to Coquitlam and my brother started playing really young and I was just kind of ripping around as like a two-year-old with a stick and kind of had had a stick in my hand ever since. 
That's crazy. Prince George, man, you all man must be tough then, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, my brother's pretty tough too. So oh, I must have got that. My mom's from Prince George as well. So I was the only one that really spent all my time in Quitlam because I don't get the yeah. same uh, the same grit there. But yeah. hey, you got the hands. That's all that matters. You got the hands <laughs> yeah. and good looks. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, Polly. <laughs> really, we're really fluffing you up here, but uh, yeah, yeah, what so, an intro, too. Yeah, man, I mean, now you know something bad's coming, eh? Yeah, just, that's yeah, it. I was gonna say, they're just sandbagging to really, yeah, really get some shit sandwich. I'm sure Ocello's loaded you guys up with some stuff already. Well, so. I mean, I just can't wait till we get to the rock pile side of things, but well, <laughs> I mean, well, I guess we'll kind of skip through like minor and stuff like that, but I mean, it's it's pretty. I guess it's a lot of guys get to do it too, but I think to be able to play, you know, basically, you know, play your whole career and, and win a Minto, you know, in your own hometown, what, uh, what was that like playing junior, like where you're kind of born and raised playing the game? Oh, that was awesome. I mean, for me, like, you know, in, in BC, you usually play like a year of intermediate or so. And I was kind of, the rule was you had to play as many intermediate games as junior games. So like I'd play with all the buddies that I grew up with playing my whole life. And then I'd, play in that game and then play junior so I played like felt like 100 games that summer which is just wild but uh it's pretty cool because a lot of my brother's buddies that I'd known for a while that were on on that team with the junior team and it was uh I mean pretty special winning in Coquitlam first you know first ever Minto there and the place was just like the roof blew off it pretty much when we won it was uh it was pretty special uh, Churchy's parents had a big party that was right down the street felt like the whole town was there it was uh yeah it was probably one of the one of the most fun championships I've ever been a part of. I was, I was really young. I remember I got my driver's license like two weeks before the Minto started. <laughs> and then you didn't, and then you didn't use it for the two weeks after the Minto. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, uh, oh, we, we, this came up, we talked with, I can't remember the name of it again. What's the name of that bar? In, oh, uh, John, John B. John Love B. Did you guys, was it just a house party? Did you guys make a trip to John B.? Yeah, we made a few trips there. So uh, that was the the house, uh, Churchy's house was pretty close. But yeah, we stayed there for most of the night. And then, uh, yeah, a lot of guys that live right around the rink and, and near the B there. So it was uh, it was a fun couple of weeks for sure. And then I was still going back to, to high school after that where most guys were going to college. So <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. That's too good. It's so that was in that was in your first year, like first yeah. year junior? No way. Yeah, yeah. And that was the first ever Minto that Coquitlam won at home, I guess. Yeah, first, first ever. So they'd, they'd been to the finals a few times, yeah. uh, lost to Orangeville and, and Nash. So that was the first time we'd, we'd won it. We'd been so close. So it was uh, it was pretty damn cool. I never is knew that, that. Is that the same? Was that when, like, Mark was there? Yeah. Yeah, that was. that's oh. how I ended up going to Denver. So <laughs> funny mean, thing. Yeah, that's this fuck. These fucking guys are always reading our damn show notes. That's literally like the next damn. <laughs> that's the next question. <laughs> you know what's funny though when we talked to mark uh, whether maybe he was just in too much of the booze he didn't say you played with him yet do you oh, remember yeah. that we no. i think the way he phrased it, we're like yeah like who was like on your team he's like he's like ah uh, churchy mackie basically my whole offense in, Sa- in saskatchewan it's like <laughs> oh you're missing little young bergy buzzing around with his newly newly acquired driver's license <laughs> yeah. yeah oh man he was he was hysterical i remember uh his first game I don't think most guys were back and he I I can't remember what he was he was for some reason there a lot earlier and he came in and played his first game and I'd never seen anybody so haggard like his boys just sent him <laughs> off on one probably on like a two-day three-day party and he was like sitting in 
I remember sitting next to him and he'd like either go to the shower and throw up or he was just sitting there like bloodshot eyes. It was hysterical. I was like, yeah, I, I heard this guy's pretty good. And then I think he went out and scored like six goals or something like that and was the best player. It was, it was pretty funny. That sounds like him. So that, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that, I mean, okay, we'll move in, but we gotta, we gotta go way back. And I don't remember the year. Cause I know you, I think it would have been, you were like in the midst of, I guess, your first year at Denver when we got to meet each other at the uh, the U nineteen Team Canada tryouts. Yeah. Was that was that That's was that right. what that was? Yeah, yeah, that would have been the first fall that I went to school. So I think it was in like they did it like Thanksgiving break or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, I think that's what it was. And I, I mean. Since then, I'm still searching for a shot I don't like. That was, uh, I think, the most shots I've <laughs> taken my entire life. Snipped, <laughs> snipped immediately, but what a time with the boys. That, that was, I think we had 400 practices in 48 hours. Oh, my God. I remember that. That was, <laughs> that was a lot. But, no, that was fun. That was a good group of guys. I, You know, I hadn't met a lot of the Eastern guys for the most part. And then uh, Courier ended up being my roommate in Finland. And I mostly just knew Chow. But what a, what a fun time that was. I, I wish there was a little less lacrosse. We got to do some uh, hanging out with the boys. But that was, yeah, that was, <laughs> I remember that training camp was like four days straight of just practices and scrimmages yeah it was complete madness but where was it i think it was oshawa was it yeah it was in yeah it it makes in oshawa, that that like indoor facility that have they have the, yeah. that big one yeah yeah it was just non-stop but uh, yeah it's, it's too bad like it's that, like just speaking of like, like just lacrosse it's too bad that we can't like man maybe eventually we will but like how these guys have like month-long training camps like they just like team can and stuff they just move in like you guys had to go yeah. back to school but like yeah imagine just being there for a month though where you can actually like yeah go out and just <laughs> have dinners or whatever oh. like just go maybe maybe not in Oshawa but somewhere cool where like <laughs> you can actually go rip it up a little they, bit man like, they'd come yeah. they'd come in they'd come into my room after a week I'd be gone bags packed too too scared too much anxiety <laughs> to keep going and training <laughs> Oh, uh, that'd be awesome. Something like the U.S. developmental team that they do for hockey, where it's like they almost yeah. play all year round and they, they all live together up in was it Ann Arbor or something. I think they yeah. might have moved it, but that'd be a lot of fun. It'd be it'd be pretty cool. Well, yeah, and even so uh, when we talked um, about the women's uh, women's hockey, they do like that centralization or whatever. We kept yeah, going yeah. over and it's same same kind of thing. Yeah, it would be sweet because I think then you get to really know who the boys are. We're not just looking for lacrosse <laughs> players here. We need character guys. Exactly. Yeah. Need glue yeah, guys. Good so, guys exactly let's uh well let's move i mean you kind of already mentioned it but why don't you kind of talk about how the whole denver thing happened and, and yeah how you made that choice yeah yeah so i i mean i didn't really get recruited too much um i hadn't played really much field across at all i played like once or twice on west coast stars which was like really the first time i learned field across and then i met my roommate mike reese who i ended up playing with and he ended up going to Denver I had no idea because I never had Facebook or like anything like that and then I show up and he was like <laughs> he's like yeah I've been trying to Facebook you for like two years but you don't have it and I can't get your number from anybody <laughs> so I didn't have a phone either so I uh I kind of played a little bit but um then basically I was kind of getting recruited as soon as I started playing junior as like a first year I started talking to a few teams uh so Princeton was one of them and then Duke and uh, in Denver. And it was funny enough, Duke was like looking at my grades and they're like, you got to take the SAT and the ACT again. Cause we don't know what any of this like stuff is on your transcript. And Princeton was like, you'd come in with pretty much like a 4.2 GPA because they took all my like wood tech 
before <laughs> hockey. We had like all of these, all of these. Like I took wood tech probably like six times. It's the best class. And then like a welding electronics kind of class. And you just show up and you get a hundred percent right, and you make a yeah. good product. Like they're fun classes, but the teachers just are, hope you don't burn the place down, right? And yeah, it's yeah. like you get a hundred percent in all those. And uh, <laughs> and so I got into Princeton, and I was thinking about going there, and then. Um, ended up coach to end up going to Denver and, uh, you know, talking with Mark and I had so much fun with him. That was kind of, that's, you know, my Denver, I think worked out and it was closer to, it was, you know, three hour, uh, flight. And it just, a lot of hockey guys I knew that were going there to play hockey and it was, uh, it was kind of perfect fit. Dude. Imagine if you went to Princeton, like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We just thought, I mean, we'd interviewed Courier and that for, I know he's a pretty smart guy, but that first boatload of classes he took, like if you're going in from like woodworking <laughs> with like your shop teachers, you're smoking weed on the side to like theory of economics and whatever. It's just like, Oh shit. <laughs> hey, where's, where's, you guys don't where's the saw? Yeah, <laughs> well, I didn't say that, but I don't think they got woodworking with. Fergie's yeah. picking listen. his classes. He's just like, wait, there's no ball hockey one, two, three, and four. I mean, what the fuck do I need to do? All these engineering things are like physics and stuff, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, welding, I guess, isn't gonna cut it. Can't do it. That's good, man. So, I mean, you guys go there when you got when you went there because I know, you know. Denver's as long as I've known about kind of us lacrosse Denver's like been on the map. Cause you had been there the year before and everything, but before you went there and like when, and when Mark was there, were they kind of like top 20 team or, or what was that for them? No, they were, I mean, they were starting to be like kind of up and coming. They had the Geiches and like Lincoln and stuff. They're always like scoring a bunch of goals, but they never really, I think they played in maybe a tournament or two, but after I committed, that was the year um, 2011 when they went to the final four. So that was kind of after I, I didn't really know much about, you know, college field lacrosse or any of that at all. I was more so like, you know, especially my parents, <laughs> you need to get an education, <laughs> get a, you know, pay bills and stuff like that. And I was beforehand playing a bit of hockey, but um, I don't think like maybe college hockey, I definitely wasn't in the cards going to the NHL or anything like that. So it was just kind of something I was looking at and they had a, a business school that, um, did construction management and my brother's like a carpenter he's actually just finished in his engineering degrees he's, he's really bright but so he's been in that industry forever and uh so construction management was kind of what is they're known for um that there's just a ton of hockey players and lacrosse players that have gone through there and been really successful so again it was kind of like you know perfect perfect fit for me because that's what I wanted to do right away knowing going into it Awesome. But yeah, lacrosse, lacrosse, I was, I mean, Mark mostly just sold me on how fun it was. He didn't say anything about lacrosse. Yeah. <laughs> really? Mark uh, wasn't, wasn't selling really the school? Selling, <laughs> yeah, no, Mark wasn't, wasn't selling the school aspect or the, the winning aspect. He was selling the fun aspect and I bought it. So <laughs> yeah, Mark, sign seal delivered. <laughs> what about yeah. the classes? What do you mean classes? What are those? Don't you, yeah. don't you go to the classes? No. Nah, probably count man. on one hand how many he went to, so. <laughs> but he knew how to play the system he, i think he actually did pretty good mark's a lot smarter than he leads, yeah, exactly. uh, he leads on <laughs> that's good man so i mean so you go there and i think was it did you you went to the tournament all four years right that you were there yeah yeah we lost to uh, loyola and a kind of a heartbreaker my first year and they ended up going on to win it and then we went to the final four the next uh next three years and came up short until the, the last year we put it all together so that was pretty, pretty special uh, being able to finish off kind of on top there. 
what what changed that like last year to kind of get you guys over the hump other than you just ruining the the tournament and just being a force <laughs> well we had a lot of pieces that last year i mean I mean, having Trevor was was game changing. Number one, because so Batiste like, was there at that point. Yeah, that okay. was his first year, and he was. Yeah. I mean, he was so good right away. He was a little more hot and cold. Where now he's just so dominant. But yeah, um, you know, when we were on a roll, it was like he's going to get the ball and we're going to score every time. <laughs> so that was a huge confidence builder. We got uh, Canizero, who's a transfer, who's just like one of those guys that was a nightmare to cover, and um, so he would always take like kind of the top D guy, and then. Uh, Miller, Pace, myself, uh, Connor's brother kind of just got to muck around out there and try to get the ball from the shoot. So it was pretty fun. And then we also got in John Orson, who was like, he was a hell of a coach. And our defense was always, you know, pretty good. But that year they, they were a little more mean and aggressive and like it fit our styles. We were, we were always super like passive. And if we weren't getting the ball, you, you could sit on attack and not get the ball for like 10 minutes. So that was a huge difference, but we just kind of had a bunch of pieces of the puzzle. Actually, that's that sophomore class with like Canizero and Pace and Miller. They probably should have won it uh, two years after they were they were just stacked. But um, it just, you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen. It's like one game and, you, and you're yeah. done. Right. The crazy thing about the NCAA tournament, there's no ser- like seven game series. So it's not always the best team that wins. It's kind of like the hottest team. Right. Yeah. Whoever, whoever's best on that day, man, any given Sunday sometimes. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, I mean, you guys pulled in former Panther Bryce Perietti. Is that the same? Oh year? yeah, Sliceman. Yeah. <laughs> we call him, we call them Mtels from uh, uh, what's the mu- uh, movie Project Project X for yeah. <laughs> the baseball guy. Yeah, he was uh, he's a treat. Yeah, great oh, guy, good Colorado kid too. Yeah, yeah, local guy. So that that's too funny, man. So I mean, I know we talked to Mark about it too. Like, and you you obviously chatted about it with like the west coast connections um in bc obviously you guys had a pretty close relationship with with the hockey beauties at denver what was i mean were those guys just kind of like same schedule same intentions like let's let's win some games and then have some fun with the boys kind of thing oh yeah they were a great group of guys Uh, actually you know a couple of our guys i still hang out with quite a bit now uh one's from arizona he played on the gulls um down here for a bit and then um yeah, I played with like I played against Joey Lalegia, who was he, he was a Hobie Baker finalist, the Burnaby Winter Club kid, and then uh, Maddie Marsh, who was an Alberta kid who played some lacrosse as well. So there was there's a good group of Canadians and just like an awesome group of Americans, and they were again like just a just a good group of beauties, a lot of fun, and they were really good. They they won the year after we won, so they'd always been so close and. Actually, they should have won the same year as us. The Legia, who was like leading the whole team in scoring as a D guy, just clobbered somebody at center. And whenever it's like technically a targeting hit, like a head hit, it was it was a clean hit. They kicked him out of the game, and then they oh, lost yeah. the semis. And he, it was, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where like, holy shit, they would have won for sure if that didn't happen. It was like brutal, brutal call, I thought. But uh, yeah, they were they were it's a hell of a hockey team, fun group of guys. You can't hit guys too hard in college hockey. It's like uh, <laughs> no. it's like European hockey. It's like oh, that, that hit was too hard. It's clean, yeah. but yeah, no, you're gone for seven games. <laughs> you got all the stick work you want, but yeah, yeah, yeah. open ice, people are up in arms. <laughs> so, well, speaking and speaking of like the the championship for you guys, I mean, sure, I you know we could we could talk all day about how you got there. I want to know what happened as soon as you got you get the trophy. You're hopping on the plane. 
I'm hearing rumors of Junior meeting up with you guys with just the biggest <laughs> bottle of champagne you've ever seen in your life. Like, what was what was that celebration like? Oh, uh, that was awesome. Uh, the nice thing too about when you fly from the kind of the east and you go back, we we were lucky enough. There's a family. Uh, their son plays on the team now. The Digbys. They chartered a flight for us, and they're oh. big boosters of the team. So. We kind of like we had a little tailgate in the parking lot and then like took the bus right to the airport. And we were back by like almost six o'clock, seven o'clock at night. And we get to our house, of course. And it's like Junior, Dan Coates are there, Noble, uh, Dylan Ward, and then a bunch of, you know, like the whole school kind of rolls in. And yeah. uh, yeah, we didn't get our damage deposit back after that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Actually, my roommate who I lived with after, uh, Cole Nordstrom uh, he bought this bottle of champagne that was like the size of Polly it was it was massive <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even know how to open it or pour it but it was uh, yeah that was a hell of a time and then we were still in school right we still had two more weeks of school so that was that was kind of the best part is not many teams when you win at, like you're usually off uh, your school's done for the summer right so that was kind of the coolest part is we had a whole two weeks to enjoy before everybody went home just the the craziest hangover of all time you just got you got the shakes flying back to coquitlam there that's awesome oh, yeah. so, and we oh well and, and i guess kind of moving into um you know and, and i guess it would have been or i don't know if it was after you graduated but we'll get there on that too like a lot of guys you know for for senior a they'll go kind of east to west to go play out there but you uh you and chow kind of did like the same thing where you, you decided to flip the script and kind of go west to west to east so what what factored into you coming to to you know the east to play for oakville and senior a yeah yeah well jamie was a big part of that i mean he he's a huge broncos fan so even when we were in denver he would take us out to some games and stuff and we got pretty close with him i mean you know jamie and how awesome he is and so he was kind of like uh you know he already had jared's rights who was playing there and they were like you got to come out for a summer or two and, and play and you know, we did and what, a, what an awesome group of guys. So I ended up staying even kind of longer than I expected, you know, playing quite a few summers out there. And I, I dragged Chal out with me. So, yeah, that was a, that was a lot of fun. But it's, yeah, kind of the opposite. We're mostly uh, a lot of guys kind of do either go play junior there sort of thing. And uh, Coquillum at the time had my rights and we were kind of rebuilding. So it it, uh, it worked out and I got to spend some some fun summers out east. Yeah, and that's you, so you, you you convinced Jamie or Jamie convinced you over forty seven Dunkaroos before a game to, that it was <laughs> yeah, the right. Move. That's right. He's got video evidence, so I couldn't uh, I couldn't go back. Yeah, he, he's got incriminating incriminating videos of Bergie, yeah. so he had to come. <laughs> Did, were you in both rock piles or just the one? Uh, just the one, just the uh, the the fantasy island one there for a bit, and then uh, the first year I was still in Denver, so I kind of. The first year, funny enough, we're just talking about hammies, but I like I blew my hamstring on probably my first ever professional uh, shift playing for the Outlaws. That was like a week after we'd won the the championship, and safe to just say, just a little dehydrated. <laughs> well, yeah, I actually I wonder I how that happened. Play, yeah, I wasn't supposed to play in the game. They said like I was gonna go and you know see all the guys and stuff, and we'd even had like some beers during the day, sort of thing, and hanging out and then uh, a couple guys couldn't make it the game so like you're playing and probably 15 seconds into the game it sounded like a gunshot my hamstring because <laughs> that was the first time I ever I ever pulled a hamstring or tore a hamstring and it's, it's been hell ever since so <laughs> that was a tough go but then uh, so I stayed in Denver for a lot of it and then 
kind of only played the, the end of the season there with Oakville trying to make the playoffs and, and go on a run there. And we ended up uh, getting into the first round. I think we, we lost to Nash that year, maybe a Peterborough first round. But, um, yeah, that was a lot of, lot of fun. So I, I kind of stayed in Orangeville with Jer most of the time. Um, and then the next year we lived, uh, lived downtown and we're flying out of there with MLL and then stayed in the rock pile. And that was, uh, that was a hell of a house. <laughs> we have the gator ripping around there. And yeah, I mean, what a property that is. Brian, uh, we haven't really talked about it. Um, and I've never even been inside yet. I've only been on the grounds yet, but try and explain this, this property to people. I mean, you, you, you come in, it's got the huge gate, like gated community. It's like a hundred acres. <laughs> the bridge, you yeah. know, come over the pond and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just gorgeous too. It's that, that really helped my golf game out. I didn't play much golf and then you get it. You just go out there and chip for a half hour every day and, really work on the hands and you i mean you got a you got a minor in chemistry trying to figure out how to get rid of the algae in that pool too right eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah getting this sump pump and pumping all that river water into the uh into the pool there they never fixed it since i left eh no, no they, it's they still still shed seed oh yeah that was uh that was a time <laughs> well and, and I, I think you know when you were there it was uh kind of the emergence of the the 3 a.m slapshot regatta in the basement there <laughs> <laughs> oh man that basement i heard it flooded but that basement saw some uh saw some creatures come down there for a time that was, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. some creatures are probably still living down there in the yeah basement. they may not <laughs> left yet in that wine room the the hidden room down there but yeah, that might be the nicest slapshot regatta room I've ever played in. It's got the the lines out and everything, real net. What a what a, what a treat that is. Yeah, that's all time. But I mean, so well, I, I'm trying to trying to even follow what I wrote down here. I have no idea if this lines up timeline wise. But what's I think the the kind of question I wanted to ask was like around moving. You know, from that everyone kind of saw. You know, Denver was always really good. Um, the Outlaws and the MLL. And, and kind of had that good balance of being, you know, beauties off, off the field and, and like team chemistry and good teams. What was it like? Like, did you notice a big difference kind of moving into the PLL? Was there like a tough transformation? Like, was it different or like, what, what was that like? Oh, that's a great question to ask. I've played on pretty much every team in the PLL. <laughs> <laughs> right so I'd know better than anybody, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was so lucky to get drafted to Denver and, and uh, I just knew so many guys on the team already. And it was, it was such an awesome organization being owned by the Broncos. And it was like, it was really professional, everything they did. And just a great group of guys. Like we had a ton of success there too, but it was, uh, I mean, you can name so many people that have played on that team that just awesome people and, and good players. So it was fun. Um, you know, we really didn't really, if, if, if you can still play for the outlaws, that's probably the number one organization in the, in the MLL. Right. And the PLL, it's, it's just so much different because it feels a bit more like a, you know, traveling circus sort of thing, but like they do a great job making it, making it professional as well, but it's just, it's a little bit more bizarre, right? Like you're traveling with different teams and you're all at the same hotel and it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of a different atmosphere. It feels more like a, um, I guess more like an all-star game or showcase sort of thing. And, um, well, I mean, especially for me, like I just show up with a, you know, 
briefcase with five different jerseys in it and wonder where I'm playing, right? So it's, just uh, go up, just it's go up good. to Paul, Paul and ask, hey, who am I playing for tonight here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're neutral colors. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's been awesome because I, I got to meet a lot of people, um, you know, playing. Played, I started on the Chrome, right, and you meet all those Rochester guys and then, you know, playing with the Redwoods and a bunch of Notre Dame guys who I didn't think would like me so much from the college days, but they were, they were an awesome group. And then water dogs could mix the Canadians and stuff and same with the, the chaos. So it was pretty cool to, to, you know, play on uh, a couple of different teams. And then, um, you know, it's, it's definitely different, but uh, I think it's good for the sport trying to, trying to grow it in a bunch of different areas. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's interesting, but it's just been a lot of fun. And that, that team I played on this summer is an awesome group of guys with the chaos and ton of fun and, you know, had had some success there. So it was, it was pretty cool. Like it, man. So, I mean, we'll might as well move into, to the main event, a little bit of NLL chat. What, uh, what were, did you kind of have a feeling what was going to happen on that? Like on going into that draft or, or where you were going to go or who you were talking to? Yeah, yeah, I think because uh, Malasi coached me in junior, and that was, you know, uh, th- there's so many good players in that draft. You'd really never know because, like, you got Hostick there, who, yeah. you know, could he, any year he you could have him as a number one guy. And same with Lyle and like I thought, you know, at that time Randy Stats would have been number one just with how good he was and kind of proven in, in box. And then you have Jesse King, and I could probably name five other guys that are really good. So. I, you, you weren't too sure, but kind of talked to a couple of teams, and I think I knew I was going to Calgary. My mom was actually born in Calgary, and I have, like, she has, like, 50 first cousins, so I have a huge, huge uh, family out there, like, this, the section that <laughs> would come to the games. It was, like, yeah, crazy bunch of uh, cousins that, you know, ranchers and guys that live in the city and stuff. So I had a lot of fun fun playing there, and I was happy to get drafted there. Who, uh, who went first that year? Um, Lyle. What dra- what draft year was that? Sorry, I'm just trying to. That was 20, 2016. Okay, nice. Okay, so I'll go. And then Hasek went second overall. Was that is that how it went? Yeah, I think it was Lyle Hasek, and then who went third? Jess, Jesse, maybe? No, Jesse went fifth. Randy, maybe? Rand- yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think it was Randy. Yeah, yeah, it was Randy. I mean, those two, those you know, top three. It's like. <laughs> it's a crapshoot with how much talent yeah, there was there for sure so, and was it was it in oakville or where was the draft uh yeah i think it was in oakville i was actually i think i was on a fishing trip or something i didn't go to the draft but i was <laughs> i was uh i was uh, salmon fishing <laughs> you already knew mouse was picking you're like god is send the jersey up to prince george i'm catching some sturgeon or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> That's good. I mean, and so your years there, what was, uh, what was that rookie year? Like, well, I like asking guys, like, did you notice like a change of pace? Did you kind of feel like it was just real quick out there compared to like senior a, or what was, what was that like? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we played SAS like six years that or six games that year. So it was like, you, <laughs> you learn to play pretty quickly because you have, you know, Rubes and Corbeil and Dilks and all those guys in their prime play, playing that pressure D and chasing you around. And so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, definitely um, playing playing senior before that kind of helps a ton because NLL is a lot faster, but senior is almost tougher to score half the time, right? Because yeah. the goalies are bigger. It's just like, it's, it's, you can, you can find shots, but the, the you know, the, the first shot's not always the best one where in NLL you can sometimes just like, you get hot and you mash five hole and it goes in or, or whatever it is. Right. But, um, 
yeah, so that helped a lot playing, playing in Oakville and kind of playing at that, that speed. And, and, um, it was, it was a ton of fun. I mean, I, I got to play with Dobes and, and Shatler and Dix and all those guys. So we had a, had a good team and it was, you know, we just kind of ran into that monster Sask every year that, uh, that beat us in playoffs. Right. And then, uh, yeah, which is, yeah, not an easy, like you say, you play those guys six times, it's going to catch up with you, but have you, like, you say you got family in uh, Calgary. So you've been to Calgary. Have you been to, like, a Roughnecks game before? Like, just, again, we, we always talk. Like, it's, it's one of the best places to play. So not only, like, you're going to a good team, but just, like, atmosphere, organization. Like, what a spot to go to, right? Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'd go visit my cousins quite a bit and, you know, do Cal Branding. We have our family reunion out there, which is a ton of fun. Um, the like Okotoks area and, and uh, Claire's home about you know a couple hours outside of Calgary. So I've been there quite a bit and I, I liked it a lot. And I, I can't remember, I don't think I ever went to a rough next game. I've been to a couple of flames games, but uh, you know, that saddle dome is, is, you know, it's, it's rock and it's, it's old school, but uh, they get a hell of a crowd and it's, it's loud, it's loud in there. And the fans are, the Roughnecks fans are definitely even crazier than the Flames fans. Cause it's, uh, it's definitely a different crew that goes there. <laughs> well, and you're drinking those, those, those dome beers are just completely mental. What they do. Yeah, the, the dome foams. They're like, they call them heroin beers because they, say, they them up with nitrogen. They put crack in those ones too. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the Boston garden. <laughs> yeah oh it's it's crazy i remember going to a flames game i think on new year's and we were sitting like way up in the nosebleeds between the altitude there and the beers that they shoot all the way from the basement to the top it's <laughs> the nitrous beers That's you had four of them and you're just waffled <laughs> yeah yeah and then you got to worry about how yeah. steep it at the very top <laughs> yeah. all down there you're not making it up <laughs> so how many how many years did you end up playing um in calgary Played uh, three years there in Calgary, or yep, from two or two, 2016, 2017, and then um, yeah, the pandemic. It just seems it seems so long ago. Yeah, it's like I feel like I haven't played box cross in like five years now. Like you know, it's it's crazy. This is uh, it's been wild. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like you just saying that. So you went, you win the champion. Did you win the championship? Then get traded to San Diego. Is that how it went? Or did you get traded before? No, no, not that year. I was, yeah, I got traded. I was, it was like in the meantime of a contract dispute. So I was sitting out that year and then got traded after basically because I was, um, yeah, living down here and all this stuff. So it was kind of like a huge catastrophe and then got traded and then played half a season and <laughs> here we are. So it's been, a, yeah, it's, it's been tough for the last couple of years with, with no box. So what was, uh, I mean, without going into like too much detail, but like kind of give us, you know, an idea of just like, you know, they're just off on what, you know, where you guys wanted, where they were and then where you wanted to be. And then you just kind of realized from there, like it's, it was just kind of time to move on sort of thing. Yeah, it was, it was kind of, it wasn't even anything about like salary or, or that, but I was living in Calgary and doing some stuff and like, it was kind of out of nowhere, right before, like, the day before the season, my they wouldn't pay rent and like didn't pay me for a couple things that you that I'd already done. And I was like, how do I sign a contract here, which isn't even a good contract kind of in the first place. And it just it turned into kind of a disaster. And Dixon was sitting out at the same time, too. And it was like they, you know, they would kind of, they kind of pigeonholed him with the franchise tag. And it, at the time, it was like 
you know, we can sign one or two of you. And at that point I was, I was working for warrior and I was trying to move down to San Diego because they have their uh, factories out of Mexico here and do some stuff with them. I was trying to get the green card and I was like, you know, I've played pretty hard for you guys for a long time and a lot of things here and Dixon, you know, even said like, it doesn't get any better. It doesn't matter what you do. You, you know, they're, it's kind of run like a corporation and it, you know, you don't really have a lot of no negotiating power. And I was thinking, well, if I'm, you know, if I'm going to be living in the States and trying to get my green card and doing all this, it's, it's better to kind of rip the bandaid off than be 30 and, and try to reset this whole process, you know, and have a full-time job and all that. So it was kind of just parting a ways and it was, it was kind of shitty the way that, that everything ended up and, and all that, but it worked out kind of in the end for, um, for myself. I'm happy that it, it all, all did. And I don't, you don't feel as bad when it's like, yeah, if they're missing a piece and, you know, I love the guys on the team, but to try to make a career out of this in, in Calgary and it just wasn't, wasn't going to work. So, yeah. Good man. Good for you though. Like to kind of, to take that stance and, and know what you're going to do. Cause it's tough, man. Like, I don't think people realize, especially a guy in like your situation, you know, pretty big piece, any, any team in this league, but yeah, they kind of feel like not being wanted, but then to like sit out and be like, listen, that's fine. I'm just going to, I'm going to move on. Cause a lot of athletes have that, have a tough time. They're like, you know what? I just want to play. Right. And I think especially us as lacrosse players, a lot of times we just, we just bow back in to be like, okay, fine. We'll just play. Like, give me whatever you're going to give me. Like, it's fine. I just love the game that, that much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like threatened to get traded at the beginning of it. And I was kind of like, at that point I was I'm like, I'm already in deep here or I was like, I'm not playing this year. Yeah. You said, trade me, trade me. And then it was more of a empty threat to get traded to the East. And it was like, at that time, I, I kind of known, even talking to my, uh, I worked with Rich a bit and he was like, are you going to go the distance here? And I was like, Oh, I've never been able to do anything kind of half-assed. So I mean, nice. stuff whatever it is and I was like if I'm you know gonna commit to this I gotta do it and yeah you know it all worked out in the end for for the team and then me personally so it's uh yeah it was kind of shitty at the time and then of course the time of the pandemic after I was like this is brutal because uh <laughs> you know the way it happens but you know it worked out good I wanted to, to make a career out of this and we were able to during the pandemic start like the junior seals program and really grow boxed and it's kind of exploded here and in the, in the south part of San Diego and in Orange County and you know getting to play box basically outdoor here all year round is pretty cool and it's something I think we'll you know 10 years down the road have a bunch of like even world championships and things like that with what, what Joe Sai wants to do and all that kind of stuff so it should be should be pretty cool but uh yeah the last you know couple of years with how everything went it was it was tough but that's the way it goes yeah and it's not bad to just be able to kind of wake up and be like, all right, there's palm trees and a beach. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think this worked out for the, for the, bird, I was just for the bird the same thing. I may not be playing lacrosse, but goddamn, I'm on the beach every day. So this is, this is okay. Yeah, that's true. I can't complain. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So what's it, what was it like joining, uh, joining a new team? Like, I mean, it's, I, I think people underestimate that who, who aren't involved in pro sports. Like it can be a little bit, interesting i know lacrosse it's a little bit smaller so you know a lot of the guys but was that what was that transition like jumping into uh into a new group of guys yeah yeah it was it was definitely like a really really new experience for me because i'd played coquillum my entire life since you know i was three years old all the way through there and then um you know oakville senior is the only team i'd played for Denver, same thing and, and same thing with the outlaws i'd never really been traded or 
put on a different team or anything. And that summer, actually, I got traded three times in one week. So I got, I got traded from uh, in the PLL. I got the trade from the San Diego that, you know, we were kind of waiting to happen in the summer. And then um, I got traded, like, they, that was the year they introduced the rule where you could, like, lease players out. So I got leased to, like, Maple Ridge um basically for for that so I, I was i was really in suitcase mode there three trades in one week was was something crazy but it has been been awesome i'd known a bunch of guys um on the team like you know tor ryan although my brother grew up with and i grew up with younger brother reed and um you know cam holding and guys from colorado here that i'd known so it's it's an awesome group of guys and some of our draft picks we have down here too like trey and, and mac o'keefe are, for, are awesome so it's uh yeah, it's it's a really special team. I'm I'm happy happy to be down here. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to have a full bedroom in in your house here for every jersey <laughs> that you're gonna that you're gonna be able to hang on the wall. Yeah, I'll get a use couple, it use it as wallpaper. I was gonna say I'll get a leg sleeve like Benny here and cover my <laughs> whole because <laughs> the, the arm won't fit. There's been too many. <laughs> That's good. So, I mean, what are you, what are you guys doing um, kind of program-wise? I know you're doing a ton with the team, and, and you mentioned the junior seals. What else are you guys kind of doing in the community and stuff down there? Yeah, so we have a, a jumpstart program as well where it's kind of uh, similar if you've seen something like City Lax in Denver that uh, Eric, Eric Law runs. So it's kind of trying to get kids, um, you know, the, like underprivileged kids playing the sport and, and uh, from different demographics and stuff playing and Chula Vista and these areas that aren't traditional, uh, you know, lacrosse areas, North County, which is Encinitas and Carlsbad and, and that area, they've had field lacrosse for a long time. So we're introducing the box across there, but trying to get just more kids with a stick in their hands that, that might not otherwise get the opportunity. Um, we do that out of uh, the Salvation Army. It's the, the Croc Center. It's like a um, Joanne Croc, who they started the Salvation Army, donated this massive facility. And so we do some stuff out of the back there and, and the YMCA's and then just um, even at schools and stuff like that. So pandemics put a little bit of a damper on it because there's, you know, some rules and things that you can't do with huge groups and it costs money to do everything. So it's slowed down a little bit, but um, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. And um, it's, it's just kind of a lot of fun to, to, you know, see the, to look in some of these kids eyes who, and I've never seen lacrosse or anything like that. And they get to play with, you know, we'll bring Austin stats out there and, and all these guys. So it's, it's pretty cool. Are you spending, what's that, what's that, uh, what's that bar at Pacific beach there? Oh, there's a couple El, El Prez. There's, um, is it like uh, the ocean club or something? Oh, short, short club, Shore club. What a spot. The Red Bull vodka slushies. Oh, like, <laughs> I remember we, when, uh, when I was in Vancouver, we, I, we came, I think we, I think we played Friday night um, or maybe I think it was, I think that's, that was the case and ended up staying um, for the full weekend. And I think I had a thousand of those things, just couldn't sleep for four days after the amount of Red Bull that was in my body. That's a fun bar. They do goldfish races on, I think Wednesday night too. So you got to get a straw and you have like a tube and you're, you, they put the goldfish in and you've got to get it to the other end before the other person, <laughs> but they have like a goldfish racing tournament yeah, it's uh, it's a fun one. It's right on the ocean there. It's uh, it's a hell of a bar. Yeah, yeah, not a bad spot. And well, I'm, I mean, speaking of kind of doing stuff with the team, how much fun was this whole Rusty Bird fucking blow up you had? <laughs> Never uh, gonna see any more one. of them. 
Yeah, I might have. I, I have one. I have a bowling one that's actually pretty good, but I, I can't find it. So funny story about that is that was when we were in like lockdown and you were in. So I, I like filmed that and did all that stuff by myself. <laughs> so like it's it was like I was more so doing it because we couldn't really do anything and make a few people at the office laugh. And they're like, all right, we got to post this because this character's mm-hmm. pretty funny. So it was more so just to get some chuckles out of uh, some friends and kind of a dark time with everything being shut down and all that so yeah it was it was pretty funny I'll, I'll bring the character up for the kids coaching every once in a while with the the mullet but it's uh I got a couple other ones that I I don't know if we I lost them or where they are but I got a bowling one that's pretty good <laughs> so funny that's awesome man so are you uh are you still doing stuff with warrior now or what's what's to do with that uh, no, I mean, same thing with the pandemic. I, they don't do a whole lot of stuff out of Mexico at the moment. I'm, I'm still uh, just kind of with the sponsorship side and, but not really not working with them at all. Um, I would have been out in, in Michigan uh, where Zach is, is doing it. And it's kind of, you, then not, you know, I could uh, be in Michigan or, or be here sort of thing. So, uh, but I, Zach's also an engineer and probably a lot more knowledgeable of that stuff. So I don't think they need me with, with they got the Princeton mind or, you know, the, the Denver construction management degree. I, I think that was an easy choice for them. Hey, but if they ever graduate to welding the sticks directly onto the shaft, they got to die. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. The first one piece welded stick so, and yeah. that thing. Uh, too good awesome, what's man. uh so day to day i mean out there what's you know when you were when, we're, when we weren't playing were you guys doing a lot of stuff on the weekends or like how are you keeping yourself entertained on the weekends there yeah so um, when it first happened actually we were playing vancouver and so i was in vancouver and everything shut down and like san diego was in full-blown lockdown mode so i actually stayed in vancouver till I think October maybe and then I came back down here and everything kind of opened up and I was then it was the opposite so I got I got pretty lucky with that where you know the summer I was I was back home and then um when things kind of opened up down here I've been been down here ever since and we're lucky because we can do all the box across outdoor so we haven't had many rules about um you know basically COVID if we can have as many kids as we can fit in the box plane so that was that was pretty cool so that kind of helped us start the the youth program and then uh be able to play in some some tournaments this summer and yeah the kids are getting really good so it's it's exciting to see we had that uh royals program which was the college kids who um yeah we we, i mean we were practicing like two or three times a week with them and and also kind of playing a bit to stay in shape so they ended up winning it and that was pretty exciting i think we played rochester and won in one in overtime that was a, a heck of a game so that was pretty cool we've got uh all the way from like basically mini tight till uh, college for for programs uh for kids playing so it's it's been awesome that's legit where uh where are you living in san diego actually uh, i live in cardiff right now so it's it, from like downtown it's about half hour north okay okay like a little kind of surf town right in before ncn which is one of the the bigger kind of cities in north county and then it goes carlsbad which is Carlsbad's kind of where like the Titleist and all the big uh, golf mm-hmm. fact headquarters are. And then if you keep going like another 45 minutes, you hit uh, Orange County and like Anna. Yeah. Sweet. Good. So, 
not too far from the rink or the, the office and, and downtown, but it's kind of, it's not as, it's not the same amount of anarchy as when I was living in Pacific beach. Uh, it's, it's a lot more laid back in Cardiff. Well, I mean, and I speak in anarchy. This is a story that kind of popped and popped up across the board. I think it's been brought up before, but that, uh, Maybe let's walk through. I think he jumped into uh, jumped into a little body of water. Is that in Annapolis during that MLO when your MLO weekend with the, with the outlaws? This one that was a that was a good year. I think we it might have been the year where we started off like one and seven, and we traded junior because we we're like we don't have a shot in hell of making it, and we ended up winning the next eight games straight, got the tiebreaker. And then we, we went on to win the, win the championship, but that was kind of, I think where it started where we, we thought we were out of it and we you know, having a lot of fun after the game still and, and all that. And I remember Zach was staying at the rock pile with me because we were, we played uh, Peterborough and then we were flying out the next day and it was like a huge storm. So bunch of flights get canceled. Zach doesn't get let on the flight, but I had status with United. So they were like, you can go in first class sort of thing. And I'm like, well, what if I give my ticket up? And they're like, oh, we'll give you $800. And so I'm like, well, I can't leave Zach on his own. So <laughs> fly out the next day with Zach. And then we end up playing, uh, playing in Chesapeake. Um, and eventually you get to this, this bar and it's like, guys like, yeah, somebody jumped off there one time and it was, you know, the, it's like a fine or something, but it's hysterical. So the pod ended up, people like, I'll pay somebody 50 bucks to do it. And it got up to like $700. So I'm like, all right, get <laughs> the tarp and give all my stuff to D ward and go and jump off the top of the deck and swim around kind of the Marina to the other side. <laughs> And Dior just like, I don't know what, what he was up to, put all my stuff, just left it at the bar and everybody goes looking for me, but I'm in my underwear running around and I see all these like sirens and like an ambulance and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, what is going on? Did somebody call the cops? Or are they looking for me thinking I'm drowning? And so all these guys are looking and they see these like wet footprints, but nobody can find me because I'm trying to hide from everybody. And I guess there was a fight in the parking lot. And somebody ended up, you know, like getting hurt. So they were looking for them where I'm thinking they're looking yeah. for me. So I'm running around this place, you know, soaking wet in my underwear and like trying to haggle with guys. I'm like, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks for your shirt and your shorts. <laughs> like, you know, get away from me, you greasy. Like, like, yeah, who is this guy? He's just naked so, in the parking lot. Yeah, I finally get to the front of the bar and uh, uh, somebody found me. And then I, I don't know if I ever found my wallet, but I made more money. I made twice as much money missing my flight and jumping off the bar deck than I did in playing in the salary for the game. <laughs> Maybe if you make make much money in the MLL, maybe five hundred bucks, and I made uh, almost triple that uh, missing the flight and jumping off the uh, the deck. So that was pretty fun. That's all time, unbelievable. And so, I, Paul, you got anything else for Bergie here before I let him go? No, nah, man. I think uh, I think I want to end on that. That was fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I, I mean, what's uh, what's what's up here next? I mean, obviously, you're waiting on that waiting on that card we were kind of talking about before so you can get up to uh kind of doing your preseason games and get and get ready for camp but what's uh what's next for kind of working down there for you guys anything on the horizon for you yeah we got our we're winter tryouts here for junior seals and our and our girls program as well and then we're actually doing a working on a partnership with the ymca right now so we'd be donating like a lot of sticks and just kind of teaching there's a whole bunch of YMCA's through. So we go and like run a clinic and basically teach their instructors how to do it. So just get a bunch of kids and, you know, an already 
well-oiled machine that the YMCA is. So a bunch of those kids in the program playing, playing lacrosse, which would be be awesome for kind of getting it at the grassroots level. And then, uh, you know, just gearing up for the home opener December 3rd. So that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming. So I'm sure same with you guys, everybody's pretty, uh, pretty fired up that we're, we're back and, and playing again. Yeah. It's exciting for sure, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, it's two weeks away. It's just like, it was like this distant dream two years ago. Now it's like two weeks away. It still kind of feels like it's two years away, but it's wild. No kidding. Well, well, thanks for having me on boys. It's uh awesome podcast. I love listening to you guys that, that Adam Oates one was, uh, was pretty awesome to, he's one of my heroes growing up. So having him on the podcast was pretty cool. Danny was fanboying out pretty good. I, he couldn't get, get the word. <laughs> yeah. I was stumbling over them all. It's like, ask him a seven, 75 minute question. He f- like forgets what I'm even getting at at the end. I would have been the same, but no, it was awesome. Uh, keep doing what you guys are doing. It's, it's a lot of fun to listen to. Awesome. Appreciate it, buddy. Good stuff. Well, thanks for, thanks for jumping on and keep it up out there and good luck this year. But uh, yeah, you can do as whatever you want over in that Western conference, but uh, just, just be nice to those, uh, those riptide guys. If ever does come into a run in here, but yeah, keep it up, man. We'll, uh, we'll chat with you soon, brother. All right. Thanks guys. We'll All right. Thanks. Very appreciate it, bud. great little chat with Bergie. nice little story yeah. to finish it off there just yeah. i mean hysterical him just picturing him just running around the parking lot not and they're not even looking for him like he, yeah <laughs> you know but you know he's like so i like i think everyone's kind of been in that situation at one point we're just terrified like thinking just the perfect storm like yeah there's a whole like probably 10 crews out looking for this fight and he just thinks they're all after him just yeah crapping his pants half naked <laughs> dripping wet <laughs> And then the best part is like just the amount of money he made in, in the 24 hours, like getting the canceled flight and obviously jumped into the, into the river there, which is hilarious. But yeah. He's a, he's a funny guy, man. Yeah. Absolute character. But uh, yeah, man, I, I, do you got anything else for, uh, for this week before we let it go here? No. Well, I guess the only thing is like Tiger King two came out, but I don't think it's like getting that much love. I watched the first episode. Um, I mean, it's kind of like not as good, but there's still so many of those shady characters. But the funny thing is, like, all those people that were involved in that now are just like made so much money off GSB and like scumbags, and now like you know going for signings and whatever. It's just oh man, like this world is crazy sometimes. Just bad people just making a ton Dude. of money, just being scums. What what is that hair on his head? Well, it's like it's got to be a, a toupee or something. Yeah, that thing was flapping in the wind in the preview I saw. <laughs> like, just unbelievably bad. It looks so ridiculous. But, uh, uh, yeah, I might have to I might have to give it a try. That was like, dude, that that feels like six years ago that that came out for the first time. Which is so crazy. And it was like, maybe if everyone watches this, that was like what got us through the first quarantine. Maybe if everyone watches this, it's just like that ends it. We're done. Everyone finishes Tiger King 2 and we're just back to normal. Everything's or good. Or it's just like you turn it on and it's just like Jumanji. We just like jump right back into lockdown. Just... <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, that'd be super fun. Just pull this uh, in. But yeah, I don't I got I don't have anything else, but um I'm trying to think if there's uh no, we get it. Well, no, 
you guys will yeah go check out more Boston Levi music because we got the new uh, new intro outro song now. Just changing it up a little bit, keeping everybody on their toes. Yeah. Hopefully Donnie put it in. I don't know if he does or not, but is that Mac making an appearance? Yeah, yeah, Max, Max back in here, baby. I love it. Awesome, man. Okay, good stuff. Well, that's uh, that pretty much does it for episode twenty six. We will chat with you guys soon. Peace. Like a thief in the night you moved Broke me all apart There was no sign of you But the holes in my cold heart And I gave my world to you And you dragged me through the dark Like a thief in the night You played your part Drug I was, strength behind your grip. I hated the buzz on your hallucinogenic trip. Set myself free and you'd sneak up from behind. I was the monster in my mind. Get out, let me go. I can't do this anymore Death was seated on my right Disguised as love and dressed in white Eyes as black as a winter night Said I'd never walk alone again The beginning of the end
thief in the night you moved and broke me all apart There was no sign of you but the holes in my cold heart And I gave my world to you and you dragged me through the dark And I was the monster from the start 